It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Well, a stunning new report on how school districts are manipulating graduation rates. We'll talk with the reporter who broke the story. And it only took 18 months, but the Richland School District may have finally figured this out. And is Frank Chop going rogue? We'll talk about it. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. It is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Tuesday afternoon. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson with you, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved in the program, email as well, 610kona.com, bottom line show page. Name what you'd like to say and where you're listening. Um Joined on the phone right now by representing the 16th Legislative District, State Senator Maureen Walsh. Good afternoon, Senator. It's been kind of boring for you, hasn't it? <laughs> Never a dull moment, actually. <laughs> well, we uh, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. We know that you guys are uh, busy uh, in the uh, final few days of the regular session anyway, um, and still lots to do. Let's get right into it. We we know the backstory. We know uh, the comments made on the Senate floor last week, uh, the, the backlash uh, from those comments, and yesterday uh, your apology. Uh, where where do you feel things stand with this uh, with this issue since the apology yesterday? Well, I offended an awful lot of nurses with a comment that was taken out of context, and you know I should know better in this social media age that no matter what you say, somebody's going to grab a snippet or a little portion of what you've said, and they're going to post it on Facebook and make it sensational. And that's, in fact, what happened. My point about nurses playing cards was my, unfortunately, (laughs) not very eloquent way of describing that the demands for staffing at a critical access hospital are not nearly as comprehensive as the demands for staffing at a a big urban uh, urban hospital. And, and the problem is that that's not what was posted. My my comments were not put in full. Nobody saw the full text of them. <clears throat> but if you want to go back to TVW and, and see them, you certainly can. It was an unfortunate choice of words. I confess to being very tired. We've been working a lot of hours and long hours, ironically, based on what this bill is all about. And uh, And when I said that, again, it was merely me saying that this, this bill should not be applied to our critical access hospitals. 61% of those hospitals are in the red, and this bill would just exacerbate that situation and potentially even shut some of them down. So we needed to have that exemption for our critical access hospitals. The next issue, though, had to do more with the fact that then I, I ran an amendment to say, well, if 12-hour shifts, if the union is here representing that 12-hour shifts are exhausting and debilitating for nurses, Maybe an eight-hour shift would be more practical. Knowing full well that nurses really appreciate and want their 12-hour shifts, I was merely trying to pull out the fact that the union is making a very disingenuous, if not dishonest, argument about what the real situation is here. 
the real situation is that we've worked on this issue for many years here in the legislature. And two years ago, we passed a nurse staffing bill that became effective in January of this year for all of our hospitals in the state to actually address these issues with staffing, but to do it more appropriately internally within these hospital structures. I don't think philosophically as a Republican, I don't know if it's a Republican or Democrat, but as, but as a Republican, my feeling is that we should not be micromanaging our industries in the state. And certainly, especially not a hospital that deals with the care of sick and dying people. I believe that there are grievances between the staff and the hospital pers- uh, administration. Those grievances are best left in the hospital structure to be solved, and they have the tool to do that based on the bill that passed and became effective in January of this year. But instead of using that process appropriately, the unions came down here, and they are absolutely um, pushing for a bill, again, based on somewhat of a fallacious argument about the need for nurses' breaks and rest. I don't deny anybody needs breaks and lunch breaks and the rest, but the vast majority of nurses are getting those. It is not the case that they're not. So I think that the union coming down here in a very union-friendly environment with the Democrats in control are pushing an issue based on they're making a problem that isn't there. They fabricated a problem. So that was my objection to the bill. I really uh, had no intention of insulting nurses. I think you've probably read my statement that says my mother was a nurse for many years, and frankly, my stay in the hospital last year was made (laughs) tolerable by the fact that I had wonderful nurses working with me and visiting with me daily and taking care of my needs, and that's what made my hospital stay even bearable. So the fact of the matter is I have great respect for nurses, but I also have great respect for allowing our hospitals to work with their staff and figure out what those individual needs are at those hospitals. I don't think it's appropriate for the legislature to be micromanaging the business, especially a business that deals with people and the safety of patients. We're talking. Go ahead, Senator. Say it again. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, No, that was just what I wanted to say. I mean, the eight-hour amendment thing, that that, I know the nurses don't want that. And frankly, when I I ran that amendment and Senator Kaiser got up to speak very strongly against it, but then you'll watch on the TVW clip and you'll see some activity in the wings outside of the Democratic caucus. And that activity is basically union folks telling the Democrats to go ahead and support my eight-hour amendment, knowing full well it's not what the nurses want. So really, if nurses want to have an issue with anybody, I do regret my remarks. I wish like heck I had stated that a little more clearly and, and, and again, drew that differentiation between these critical access hospitals, the little tiny ones versus the big ones, in a much more eloquent way. I apologize that my remarks insulted nurses. I meant no offense to the nurses. But I also am more somewhat concerned about the fact that there's some political gaming going on here and when in fact the democrats went ahead and wholeheartedly supported that eight-hour amendment and even had one of their members get up and speak in favor of it well i would submit to you the unions have done their own employees a terrible disservice by having that amendment supported the amendment should have failed miserably the amendment was not meant to pass i know darn well that's not what the nurses want 
And I was uh, pretty confident that the Democrats were going to be a resounding no on that. But instead, they decided to play some political games and go ahead and support the amendment, send it over to the House, tell Speaker Chop and the chair of the health care committee, Eileen Cody, over there to support it. I don't really know what their strategy was, other than I think that they thought that if they supported that amendment, then in conference or when we get together to negotiate the final passage of a bill, that they thought they might be able to strip both of the amendments off of it, the critical access exemption amendment and my amendment with the eight-hour shift, which appropriately should be stripped off. And it's not what the nurses want, and I understand and recognize that, but I also understood and recognized the fact that the union came here and presented a sort of fabricated argument in defense of a bill that, again, our nurse staffing committees that were just activated or became effective in January have not even been given a chance to work through this process. It's very disconcerting, and unfortunately, it's kind of dirty politics at best, and I don't play that way. I'm pretty transparent, and I think people know that about me. I'm a straight shooter, and I don't believe in playing games politically. I like good policy for the state of Washington and for the people of Washington, and I'm a little disgusted about the way this thing has gone down. We're talking with State Senator Maureen Walsh from the 16th Legislative District here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Senator Walsh, uh, were you surprised by the reaction to, you know, how this kind of blew up, not just statewide, but across the country? Well, I guess, no, not really. I've had other bills that have gone, I mean, other speeches on the floor that have gone viral. And I understand the power of Facebook and I understand the power of social media. I don't subscribe to it because I do understand how people take something and it can be misconstrued or certainly taken out of context, which is what exactly happened with my words on the floor. They were taken out of context and only a little snippet was provided for the people on Facebook. And the little snippet said, I think nurses sit around and play cards all day. I don't blame them for being mad. I'd be pretty mad, too, if I was a nurse and I heard somebody say that. But again, taken out of context, merely me trying to make that differentiation between the staffing needs between big hospitals and these little tiny rural hospitals. And, of course, uh, the power of the social media, um, you know, everybody in the country. I've heard I've had over 30,000 calls to my office. I really feel bad for my staff. (laughs) But I think the more egregious thing is, you know, if you have a a problem with me as a legislator making comments that you don't approve of, please let me know. But leave my family alone. And that's what's been so disconcerting is the fact that my child called me, my daughter called me from Minnesota, quite upset, feeling like I was probably in horrible shape and saying that she was hearing terribly critical, nasty things about sure hope your mom doesn't end up in the hospital because nobody's going to care for her and things like that. And it upset my daughter, and, and that, in fact, upsets me. My partner, Jim, he's just seething. He's so upset about this. And, you know, and I, I, that's, that's what hurts the most. Again, I'm pretty thick-skinned. I'm a big gal. I've been here a long time, and I've dealt with this kind of stuff. But the reality is, don't mess with my family. That's not fair. And, frankly, if, in fact, people really understood the real story about the political gaming going on here by the unions and the Democratic Party, I think that they would probably um, back off a little bit and not be so negative in their commentary. I understand that uh, the UPS office in Tumwater received uh, over 600 packages of playing cards addressed to you. Have you received those yet? (laughs) You bet I have. I've got my offices stacked up with playing cards, thousands of decks of playing cards. And, you know, that's all well and good, and we'll make a nice contribution to 
maybe the Veterans Administration or to some of some of our senior center uh, venues, you know, um, and, and we'll we'll make sure we distribute those cards accordingly to people that can make good use of them. Um, you know, they're, 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 I upset them, and I and I admitted to my remarks. I, I wish they had been a little more sensitive, but the reality is, it happened. And uh, again, it's hard to backpedal when something has gone out on social media like that. People think it's gospel truth. And uh, I learned a long time ago that that can be uh, social media can be a wonderful uh, way to communicate. It can also be extremely damaging. And in this particular case, I'm really sorry this happened because it's dirty politics at its best. And I think that the impression that people have of politicians already uh, is not good. And this just makes it even worse when they hear about little games like this being played with legislation and damaging remarks being put out on posted on Facebook about other members in the legislature. I just uh, I don't appreciate it. I just don't operate that way. And I'm really sorry that my colleagues chose to do that. Now, Senator Walsh, one of the other things that you've received is a number of offers uh, from a number of different hospitals, I'm sure, around the area to shadow or quote, uh, as the, 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 the line has been thrown around much over the course of the last week, to walk a mile in their shoes. Uh, you did recently say that you were all open and willing to do that. So have you decided uh, if there is a particular hospital that you plan on visiting the nurses and uh, walking or working a shift with them? Sure. I'll definitely be happy to shadow any nurse in my, in my local area sometime this summer would be great. But again, you know, my comment is not to imply that nurses don't work hard. Good God, I I laid in the hospital for 15 days this last year, and those nurses are what made that stay tolerable. I know how hard they work. I don't have any qualms. My mother was an RN for many, many years. She'd come home very tired and exhausted, very fulfilled, however, though, too. It's extremely fulfilling work. I understand that. I'm happy to shadow anybody who invites me to come and shadow their job or their industry. I'm happy to come and learn as much as I can as a citizen legislator about any industry. So if the nurses would like me to come to the hospital and shadow them, I'd be more than happy to do that. I would welcome the opportunity, and I certainly will have that set up sometime this summer in one of my local hospitals. And, Senator Walsh, that is what makes the difference, because I'm sure you have heard many times over your career, and many people listening to our program right now have heard uh, elected officials make promises of things that they're going to do uh, regarding a situation that may or may not have gone in their favor, and nine times out of ten, they do not follow up on that. So the fact that you've already said you're willing to do it, you have no qualms doing it, no issue whatsoever, I think is going to extend a mile in your direction as a result of just simply saying, you know what, I'm good, let's do it. Whenever you want to do it, that puts you in leagues that many of your fellow elected officials uh, can't claim to be a part of. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, try to pull the wool over people's eyes. If I tell somebody I'm going to do it, I do it. I'm a, I'm a person of my word. I'm proud of that. I've never had a reputation for being anything but honest, maybe even overly honest sometimes. And the reality is I vote my conscience and I try to do the best I can on behalf of my constituents and all of the people in the state of Washington. And I'm not going to change that. I'm, I think that I've been a, a good legislator and I, uh, you know, again, I'm really sorry that we've had this political gaming occur. 
I think that's what gives people the impression that nine out of 10 of their politicians don't stick to their word. And that's really unfortunate. So these political games, you know, cute as they may be, they don't do anything to promote the fact that there are people that are dedicated to doing good work here in the legislature. My colleagues, 99% of my folks here in the colleague, uh, my colleagues here in the legislature work extremely hard and many, many hours and I know that they, they know they're trying to do the right thing. Do we always agree on issues? No, that's the process. That's why we're here. But the reality is, uh, you know, we can't play these types of games and expect people to have faith in the political process. Senator Maureen Walsh of the 16th Legislative District, appreciate your time this afternoon for joining us on the program. And, uh, well, we, we, we hear it's not going to be a short stay in Olympia. It looks like it's going to be a special session, uh, but we hope you guys get out of there pretty quickly. Boy, so do I. I'm ready to get home and get some gardening done. Thank you very much <laughs> for this opportunity. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you, you Senator Walsh, for joining us. Take a time out and uh, digest uh, what Senator Walsh uh, shared with us. 547-1610-509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline. 509-547-1610. You can email us, too. Just go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. Again, uh, special thanks to Senator Maureen Walsh of the 16th District, Walla Walla, uh, the Republican, uh, joining us last segment, uh, trying to, I guess, clear the air. Uh, it's it's been, a, been a rough week to, to, um, uh, for her, definitely. Um, the comments she made, uh, the firestorm that it created, the apology yesterday, uh, but you can definitely feel, Rob, that there's still, you know, some animosity there that, that uh, you know, she felt the bigger issue was the political gamesmanship yes. that was going on behind the scenes. Now, yesterday it was the subject of our poll question at Bottom Line 610. Senator Maureen Walsh from Walla Walla and Representative Matt Schaefer from Spokane both hit the hot water. Walsh implied nurses in rural hospitals played cards all day. Shea was on phone calls that dealt with surveillance and violence against opponents who deserve the greater punishment. Well, interestingly enough, 16% of our respondents said that Walsh should resign. Wow. 20% said they weren't sure. Okay. 32% tied for the top two answers that both should get equal punishment and that Shea should resign. Hmm. So 32% believe that Shea should resign. 32% said both should get equal punishment, but only 16% felt that Walsh should resign. Hmm. So that means that, at least the way I'm reading it, is that there was 32% that didn't think what Shea did was bad enough to remove from office, and then maybe they both get a slap on the wrist, maybe they wow. both get an admonishment, and then they move forward. While... Another almost third believe that Shea should resign from office. So interesting, the, yeah. the different look on mm-hmm. on the Matt Shea situation. Good to take a quick timeout. Come back with more. The bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA this 
Tuesday afternoon. We will let you know what our poll question is today because, well, we're going to touch on it when we come back. And that is, well, you know, Bernie in a town hall recently said that well, the, the surviving Boston bomber should be able to vote along with murderers, rapists, and pedophiles. Do you think convicted felons should be able to vote? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about uh, Bernie's stance on it when we come back. I'll tell you, it's something when your crazy uncle goes from the Werther's candy aisle to convicted felons voting. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610. KONA. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Tuesday. It is the 23rd of April 2019. News time is 334. Rob Francis said Dawson with you, and uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Bernie Bernie Sanders. He's he's been like the uh, the town hall specialist recently. He's been on a few of them. Yeah. Uh, this one, of course, uh, scripted questions by CNN, uh, handed out to the audience because that's their mo. You know, they don't they they will not ask a tough question of a of a CNN darling. So they will uh, they will hand out questions to those in the audience to make sure that everybody is asking fluffball marshmallow questions. And Bernie got hit with one about voting, and it had to do with with people in prison voting felons specifically. Mm-hmm. And Bernie, let me tell you what. What did Bernie say? Bernie was all about all about restoring voter rights for convicted terrorists. Like the Boston bomber kid, he should, if he was an American, when he was arrested, he should be able to vote. Sex offenders, let, let them vote too. Murderers, they can vote. Sexual assault, case, people commit sexual assault, you go right ahead. Is it, is it just felons or everybody? Well, felons lose their right to vote. That's right. But misdemeanors, so, you can still vote. Misdemeanors, you can vote. Right. So, so reinstating right. felons the right to vote would be something he's all for. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Just making sure. But here's the thing, and, and this is this is part of where the, the argument, this is where this argument falls flat, is they started to talk about it um, on The View. And Whoopi, Bo- Whoopi Goldberg is all in favor of it, right? He's all in favor of it. You know, it's just... You know, this is all about forgiveness and second chances and everything else. Well, but hang on a second. You're supposed to, when you get out of prison, focus on that second chance. And then last time I checked, the level of recidivism is still pretty high. So giving them the right to vote while they're in prison, which is what has been discussed, you, you don't learn anything and you don't earn anything. And even if you get out of prison and you immediately get your right to vote back, what have you learned by just getting it back? You should have to earn it back. Okay. If you did something egregious enough to lose your right to vote, then you should have to go through some type of process to get it back. Now, I don't necessarily mean, you know, you have to reapply for the right to vote, but you have to at least prove that you are... On the straight and narrow. Okay. How would you do that? I'm just curious. You stay out of trouble. You stay out of jail. Okay. So you're on probation for 
five years we'll put it this way like that you know, before you, you can earn it back you know they say seven years you don't have to write it on your um oh, on application your right yeah okay seven years you'll have to write it on your application well you stay clean for seven years you get your right to vote back hmm. okay if you could stay you stay out of trouble you stay on the straight and narrow you got to earn it back. You just don't give it to somebody. See, Bernie wants to give it to people because if you're in prison and you're in prison for 30 years, you don't care what goes on in the outside world. You'll be happy Bernie gave you the right to vote. You can vote for Bernie because it won't affect you. You'll be in prison. I got news for you. That's not the only thing Bernie wants to give away for free. Oh, Bernie wants to give everything away for free. Yeah. Bernie just doesn't have any idea how he's going to pay for it. Ah. That's why he's thinner. Rich people pay for it. That's why he's thinner on the top now. He's been pulling some of that out, trying to figure it out. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can email us too by going to the website six ten kona dot com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. This is also the subject of our poll question on Twitter. Yep, Bernie Sanders said at a recent town hall that surviving Boston bombers should have the right to vote along with murderers, rapists, and pedophiles. Do you think convicted felons should have the right to vote? Now, I think if you're a terrorist, then you just kind of go right off the board there. No more return of your voting rights ever if you're a convicted terrorist, regardless of if you're a domestic terrorist or not. If you're convicted of terrorism, you, you, you just don't get to vote because you've hated America that much to do something to her. You Abo- don't deserve the right murder? to vote. Above taking someone's life? Well, because a terrorist if attack. You kill usually, somebody, if you kill somebody. You shouldn't have the right to vote either. You can't earn your way back after murder. Uh, murder's kind of tough. Yeah. Murder's kind of tough. Yes, it is. I mean, Especially on the victim. Let's yeah, go to we, the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is uh, Jim Walker, Kennewick, uh, Washington. You know, big Trump supporter. Been talking to you guys for years now, at least since Trump started. <laughs> What's on your mind today? Hey, I was just telling you, did you guys ever hear of that? guy called the prophet uh he did this prediction on, and i didn't ever do but i just i just heard about it on uh uh the trumpet of trump in 07 and this was done in 07 and he predicted him for two years as president and it just blew me away i was like no this can't be so i looked at the video maybe they got it rigged i don't know but I'll tell you what, it really tripped me out. But on the thing, no, I don't think they should have handguns. And hell no, they shouldn't vote. They, they're in jail. They need to stay in jail until they do their time. And if they do good and come out and get themselves clean and, you know, fight like my buddies did for 10 years to get their licenses back so they can hunt, then that's how they got to do it, you know? Yeah, appreciate the call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I think he was referring to Nostradamus. Actually, yeah. made a, made a prediction, uh, something about trumpets, and people uh, interpreted that as Trump. He made a he made a lot of things where he was a couple of letters off. You know, you, you can't be a hundred percent. That that uh, that blind prophet from the Balkans. Um, this woman who died recently, yeah. she had about an 85% return. That was pretty good. That's because she was lying to people. She could actually read the paper. <laughs> That's right. Um, 547 <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> if you want to give us a call. Um, the, the thought is, Bernie Sanders says 
convicted felons should earn their right to vote back. No, no, no. He doesn't say they should earn it. They should just have the right. Well, okay. Even the, while they, they're in prison, they should well, have the right. Well, so they can vote while they're in prison. Oh yeah, Bernie okay. wants everybody to vote. So even so, even before you. Well, I know that. Bert, Bert, hey, Bernie's looking. Bernie's looking to win, baby. Bernie's looking to get everybody to vote for him sideways. He can. You're you're in jail for forty five more years. It doesn't matter. Vote for Bernie. I'll give you three hots and a cot for the rest of your life. What is this, comedy hour now? What are you I, doing over there? He's telling them. Yeah, I know he's telling them. Now, they already have three hots and a cot, but, yeah. you know, that notwithstanding, Bernie's trying to get votes. That's all he's trying to do is get votes. No and if doubt. you tell a felon that lost their right to vote because they committed a felony, that you'll get it back for them. And the pedophiles and serial killers and rapists and murderers and terrorists are all going to be able to vote Democrat. Well, guess what? They found a way to make up for the dead people. <laughs> Five four seven one six ten is the number. You can email us by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comments. So, Literally, he thinks every vote should count. Yeah. every wow. Even felon votes, every vote should count. He so desperately wants to win this election. That he doesn't care what stops he pulls out. Doesn't matter to him at all. I would, if I could get somebody's dead hand to write, I will do it. Bernie wants everybody voting that they possibly can. They want them to remember his name so he can be president. And then, oh boy. Well, as a side note to this discussion, uh, reporting is coming out that Thursday, so day after tomorrow, is when uh, former Vice President Joe Biden will be officially announcing his candidacy. Uh, That may or may not change the landscape for Bernie. Uh, A new Monmouth University poll came out and said that uh, it would be a fairly close race uh, for the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden would have roughly 27%, I believe, 20 or 21 percent to Bernie and then everybody else in single digits. And, you know, what's funny is uh, when those results came out, they only listed the top 10 and it only went down to one percent. I didn't see Jay Inslee on there at all. Nobody has seen Jay Inslee on any of them. He's he's riding humpback whales in the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Or something. You know what I think would be awfully interesting is is Joe's press conference. If it's only guys there. Come on, man. Seriously. This is only going to be guys. Well, I mean, think about it. Once he hits the campaign trail, hide your wives, hide your sisters, hide your nieces, hide your daughters, hide your aunts, hide your grandmother. I mean, Joe is an equal opportunity creeper and groper. So if he can cre- he can get up behind somebody in a wheelchair, he'll do that creepy grope and whatever it is that he does, and, and, and he'll be on his way. But, I mean, seriously, you're looking at – Think about this. Think about how far left the Democratic Party has gone. Think about that culture right now. You're talking about Joe Biden invading every safe space that the left has created on yeah. the campaign trail. Right. They're going to be coming out with bubble wrap. They're going to be coming out with air sirens. And he would still win the nomination, according to most polls. He'd still win the nomination, and then there would be progressive liberals screaming in the air like they did when Trump got elected. It's crazy. Five four seven one six ten. Taking a break. More of the show after this.
Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610. K-O-N-A. You can email the program, too. It's simple. Just go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. Talking about Bernie Sanders wanting to uh, send out uh, ballots to everyone, even to prisons and all kinds of fun stuff. Have felons voting. Oh, yeah. You know, just uh, with obviously the, the hope that by saying such things, that if that ever did come to pass, that people would vote for him, obviously. Well, you got to remember, Bernie said it's vital for our democracy. But what Bernie forgot is we don't live in a democracy. He wishes we lived in, in something closer to a democracy. But we don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative republic. Yeah. So, you know, Bernie, it's what I love when all these super left liberals talk about this stuff. We need to save our democracy. We don't have a democracy. We do not have a democracy. We don't have anything for you to save in that regard because it doesn't exist. You might like it to exist. You might want it to be there because it might be a little bit more closer to your socialist ideals, but we do not have a democracy. It doesn't exist. So the fact that you keep referring to it as a democracy, you keep telling uneducated people the wrong thing and getting them to believe in something that doesn't exist. So that's that's annoying part one of the whole thing. <laughs> But part two is I am not 100% completely and totally against the idea. Because here's the one thing that we are supposed to be doing with prisons, okay? And, and, and we, we have changed our mindset over the course of the last 35 years, 40 years when it comes to prisons. They are not just supposed to be centers of punishment. They are supposed to be venues of rehabilitation okay and if you can get somebody on the path back and you can get somebody to live a good life and be a contributing member to society again after they have made a mistake if after say seven years they have not run afoul of the law they have not been arrested for anything they've not even had so much as a parking ticket then they should be able to reapply to get their right to vote back. They should be able to request that they get the right to vote back as long as they have been clean for seven years, no issues, no problems, no anything. They can reapply to get their rights back to vote because, after all, if for seven years later you have committed no crimes, you have not run afoul of the law, you have done nothing against society, there's a better than average chance you're not going to. So I would say after seven years, it's fair to evaluate on a case-by-case basis certain individuals that have committed felonies to see if they are rehabilitated enough to re-earn the right to vote. Because you should be able to complete that rehabilitation at some level. 547 509-547-1610. What are your thoughts? Uh, should felons, convicted felons, uh, have the right to vote uh, while they're in prison, like Bernie Sanders uh, wants to to institute, that'd be bad. Immediately when they are released, or should they have to earn their right back? Or no, you did something, and there should be a lifetime ban on voting. Five four seven one six ten. Let's uh, 
Yeah, let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? My name is Brock. I'm calling from uh, Othello. And what's on your mind today? I just wanted to say uh, when I was a youngster, I got in some trouble, and they took my right to vote away, and I had to wait until I paid off all my superior fines to get it back, along with my gun rights, which is totally fine. I advocate for that fully. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you know, that's the second caller that, that referenced uh, loss of gun rights, too. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we can certainly have that discussion as well. And maybe they should be tied together, uh, you know, voting rights, gun rights, because they are both rights. You know, voting is a right and a privilege. And you can say gun ownership is both a right and a privilege, too, I guess. Uh, but voting in America, in the United States has always been both. It's always been on the list of of rights and things that you like responsibilities, if you will. Something that you that you should do and, and take seriously. And you know, if you abuse it, you lose it. I think it morphed a little bit from a right to a privilege because when voting first came to be in this country, it was basically by right. You were a property owner that was a white male. True. It was by right. You, it was your right to vote because of your status and your stature and, and who and what you were. So as rights expanded, it became a yes. privilege? As times, as times have expanded, the, the right to vote has expanded to, you know, amongst every group of people with the exception of felons to where now, you know, it's not a... It's not discussed as an assumed birthright as it was at that point in time. It's now a right afforded and awarded. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Sean calling from Benton City. What's on your mind, Sean? So three years ago, I got convicted of a felony, did my time, got out, received a ballot, went to the ballot's office and said, hey, can I? am I allowed to vote? They said, yes, as long as you're not on DOC supervision. And with your with what you said with waiting seven years to be able to to vote, if that was to become a law, you can get your rights restored as soon as five years, as long as you're squeaky clean. And if that and if that's the case, if that's the law in the state of Washington, then I'd be fine with that too. Yeah, I'd be fine with that as well. I mean, if there's a law already in place that restores your rights as a felon to five years. Stay on the stay on the straight and narrow for for five. I only pulled seven because that's the uh, that's for the uh, job, job application. Yeah, right. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, sharing with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you didn't pull seven years, you know, out of the thin blue. No, sky, it was it, it's, it's the job application that's right. standard. But hey, if the, if the state says five, I'm okay with that too, as long as you stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah, but you have to do that, or yes. you lose that right. Again, absolutely. Now, now go ahead. I, I still, I still have maybe you know some of the things I have a bit of an issue, like you know, murderers and child molesters and pedophiles. And, you know that that that, that the, those don't sit right. I mean, you know your your garden variety felony, which I don't know if there is really a garden variety felony. I'll just throw it out there and see maybe burglary or. You know, larceny, something like that. I mean, usually felonies are, uh, by their nature, are pretty yeah, serious. They're, even they're, if they're, they're like, serious. even if they're drug possession, yeah. you can have a felony drug possession. But I mean, if you're, you know, you're a you're a rapist or something like that. I mean, that's some of those are a little tough to swallow. 
But if you're able to to behave for that period of time, to be able to get your rights restored, uh, then then you've you've turned a corner. I mean, that's the only thing I can say. And if our goal is to rehabilitate people in society and to truly give them the ability to have a real second chance without any kind of clouds or shadows, then there should be a period of time that once a felon walks that path straight and narrow, they're able to get their voting rights back. Going to take a timeout. Hour number two is straight ahead. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA, the area's only live local call and talk show.